Hey, you. Thanks for tapping into Untapped Keg, podcast where we explore different perspectives of sobriety, mental health, where we believe there's only one right way to get sober. That's the way that works for you. I'm RJ Zimmerman, and I'm excited to be here today with Heather Labruto, a fellow This Naked Mind coach. Heather Labruto runs the Sober Curious Mom Life, where she takes sober curious moms looking to control their relationship with alcohol and helps them improve their relationships. How are you doing today, Heather? I'm doing good. Thank you, RJ. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited for this conversation. It's going to be a really great one. So why don't you give our listeners a little bit of a background into who you are and how we got here? So thank you so much for having me, RJ. Um, And I'm going to start by saying I'm a mom. So (laughs) that's kind of how I got here to this place today. Um, And a little bit of my background, let's say, with my relationship with alcohol. So my parents never drank in front of me. Um, And when my dad did drink, it was maybe a beer with a football game. So very casual, normal. My mom, you know, never had a cocktail until I was in college. And maybe she had one martini. (laughs) So it was just something that wasn't around. Um, And I had aunts that did drink heavily. Um, So it just, it wasn't, it wasn't something that I saw appealing from the standpoint of a social aspect. So it just never was in my life. Um, But then when my sister went off to college, she started tailgating and drinking. And then when I visited her, it was part of becoming an adult. And that's what you did as you got older. So that's when I was introduced to alcohol. And then I had my trip into college. And, you know, as, as a young adult, I was very motivated, very high achiever, um, joined a sorority, just socially drinking. I never did anything, I would say, different than anybody else. Um, one unique aspect about my journey, though, is I had alcohol poisoning my freshman year. And so what I know now, of course, you look back on things, but going through the social life, all your friends, oh, that was one mistake. It wasn't a big deal. So you just move forward, put it under the rug, and you just keep going. Um, Even, I mean, through my drinking journey, I guess, like that would probably have been, quote unquote, rock bottom, but it didn't stop me. But again, it was early on in the journey and it was, oh, you just don't know how to drink yet. You're not used to it. Um, But yeah, I, you know, looking back, you start seeing all these social reinforcements. It's okay to drink. Um, Oh yeah. And you have to learn how to, right? And you have to learn how to. Yes. And, and I digress a little bit backwards. So when my sister was teaching me how to drink before college, before I got to college, Beer was disgusting, but you just have to learn to acquire the taste. So, yeah, I acquired the taste. I joined a sorority. I was, you know, on the right track. I was high achiever still, graduated, and just kept doing the normal thing. Um, and then I'm going to speed past a lot of the other stuff. But um, I got into sales, and that was part of the happy hours, um, you know, just doing the normal thing. And it's just what you do as an adult and it's yeah. what everybody does. So 
until I became a mom, it just seemed like that was the normal thing to do. Um, and then once you become pregnant, obviously you have to stop. <laughs> so that was, that was my first time I took a break and it wasn't even that easy when I was pregnant, which you think it naturally would be. But I think it was so socially ingrained in everything that we did that it was like, you know, I have to not have fun. And I recall those days, it was like, okay, I can't wait. It was like the countdown was on. Um, and my, I wanted my meals to be sushi and sake, Mexican and margaritas. Um, we even went shopping for wine and champagne for after when I had the baby. So we were stocked up everything. And that was like a celebration. Um, and it's not uncommon, right? Like that's no. normal things for people yeah. to do. Um, even bring champagne into, you know, into the hospital mm -hmm. to have after you give birth to the baby. So it's just, it's so interesting how that was just part of my life. And that was normal. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, 2020 came along and things were changing and we started drinking more earlier all the time and there was no rules and it was just this is stressful and everything just started getting more intense and you just drank all the time and you it got delivered to the door so life was a little different and at the same time I mean being a female I was gaining weight and I was like what is going on here um, so I took a hard stop with a lot of things in my life in 2021 and I started really eating better, really consciously making healthier decisions. And I was a pretty healthy person before. Um, but for some reason, it was just, this was the time I was like, I need to, I need to control this. I need to figure this out. And, um, and I would rein in my eating portion, everything. And, but I would seek out ways to healthy drink. To, so, yeah. <laughs> I know I know exactly what you mean. I know exactly what you mean with that. <laughs> so, or, um, you know, or like, I'm just going to drink the vodka. Yep. And, you know, vodka water. That's, a, that's a what shot. I assumed you meant with the healthy drinking is the hard liquors and specifically vodka, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, clean, clean. And, right. um, or tequila, just tequila straight. <laughs> Insane. But like, that was how you cut calories and how you still did it. And I didn't even think about the time. Like at the time, it wasn't like, how can I still drink and be healthy? It was just like, this is how you healthy drink. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. So it's just funny how things started changing in hindsight. I see it now, but I didn't see that was a form of moderating um, that I was just doing naturally and wasn't even telling myself I need to cut down. It was just like, I need to be overall healthy and I find things in my time hop with Facebook, like looking for an organic wine or a sugar-free option. And, you know, it's just, just those types of things started popping up. And then 2021, it was Memorial Day weekend. My husband was going on the boat with a bunch of friends and, I, you know, oh, you're going to come. And I was like, no, I'm not going to come. And that day I was like, I'm going to stop drinking. It wasn't anything crazy. It was just that's no, I don't, you know, I'm going to take a break. Um, and so that was where I consider my 
sober curious state. Um, so it was a progression. And there were times before that I was like, oh, I'm going to take a break. And if you've gone to college, I'm sure there were nights and it's like, I'm going to stop drinking. This is the, I'm never drinking again. Those moments. And that have was you, normal. Uh, have you heard the offspring song, Worst Hangover Ever? I haven't. No. That is the <laughs> like anthem that I would play in college the next morning. Pretty much every single morning, I have the worst hangover ever. I'm never going to drink again. And then at the end, they say, well, at least until next weekend. <laughs> right? Or, yeah. I mean, you would get up and be like, I just need a beer. I'll be better. Oh, yeah. And Hair you push of the dog. Through. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So crazy. So, yeah. So, for some reason, I was like, for, for some reason, this time it stuck. Um, and who knows? And it stuck until it was a friend's birthday. And they had champagne and it was like, you've been so good for, this was June, end of June. So about a month, you've been so good. Like just have one for celebrate, you know, just celebrate. So I did, right? Because I didn't have, it wasn't a necessary, like I didn't need to quit and I didn't have a problem. And that really opened my eyes because I was like, wait, I couldn't say no to that. Like, why didn't I say no to that? Um, and so I think from the beginning, it was a little bit of a sober curious journey, but it was not as easy to say no to those drinks. So to those onesie twosies. And then after that weekend, I came across, um, Annie Grace in this naked mind from an influencer. So a random influencer shared this book that she read. She thought it was interesting. She doesn't know if she's going to drink again or not, but, but it put the seed in my head and I ordered it immediately from Amazon. Um, and I didn't read it. I actually downloaded the podcast, the, um, the information at that time, there was no application, no app for it. I just would get emails daily, um, on the information that was in this naked mind, the book. Um, and I, as I was driving for my job, I would just listen to the daily information that the book had. And that got me through about 90 days. And then the holidays started coming. And so November, it was, I'm going to have some wine with Thanksgiving. And we had vacations. And so alcohol crept its way back in. And it did fast, right? And it was like, wow, I drank a whole week straight and it was normal. It was not, you know, it was, we're going to have a bonfire. We're going to, we, we were with family. It was just normal and everybody else was, and I didn't have a problem, but again, with the sober curious mindset, it just, it was like, why, why, why did I do this? Um, and then I got a little bit deeper with, with Annie Grace, like with her methodology and, um, and did 100 days of lasting change. And so I got a little bit further. So each time my breaks ended up being a little bit longer. Um, and it's interesting because as a very critical person, a high achiever, um, I'm sure many, many, many drinkers feel this way too. I was so critical on myself every time I drank and I couldn't say no. So and 
So that like stuck with me every time. I was like, why did I do that? So I bully myself so much. Um, but I had a coach. And so thank goodness that coach opened up the space to let me bully myself. But then, okay, well, what was going on through your head? What's the reason behind that? So I think just having a little space and time to think about it allowed me to learn from those experiences. Whereas if you were, if I was that me in college, when I had alcohol poisoning, it was just grit and bear it, bully through it and go on to the next day to the next party. Um, Whereas at this point in my life, it was a reflection. And one of the biggest drivers too was my daughter at the time was three. And so now here on this journey through that next year, she's four. She's starting to think and communicate and ask questions about things. And along the lines, it became, I don't want her to ever see me drinking at all, point blank period. Um, And then once I got that far, it was like, well, if I don't want her to see me drinking, why do I want anybody seeing me drinking? And so these times building up with these data points that we call them, you know, the times that I was drinking and learning about them and why I was doing it. And then also knowing that I was such an example for her, it just became a no brainer. And so here we are, you know, here we are sitting today and I have over a year under my belt. Um, I didn't go into all this stuff. Like I'm in sales. So there was a point where I was drinking and then the stress of sales numbers, I had been put on Xanax. Um, and then throughout my story too, my dad passed away unexpectedly and I was on Wellbutrin. And I mean, even before that too, it was the Xanax and then you would drink and you would try to balance these things. And then as alcohol gets ingrained in your journey, it's almost like it just seeps its way into your life and becomes lubricant for your life. Um, And you don't even realize it. And so as I stand here today, I'm just so blessed because I have been able to remove alcohol. And through that journey, I can manage my emotions and my feelings so that I haven't had to be on an antidepressant. And stress still comes and stress happens. But I have tools now that make it possible that I can deal with those stressors a little bit differently. And don't get me wrong, if there's a time that you need to go back on a Pristique or Wellbutrin, that tool is there too. But if I can manage it with manage life without that, then why not? That's just one less thing that I have to remember to take in the morning because there's so much else going on with life. Um, and then I just find that I really align with my values and who I am. So, like I said before, like I've always been a healthy person. Um, I've always been a very driven person, very successful. It was like those things were just kind of, I was trying so hard to be those pieces of me and they weren't, they weren't able to shine. And once I removed alcohol, I feel like all of that is back in my life. Like I, I've always been a Christian. I've always 
cared about people. Um, you know, I was just, it was like, I wasn't connecting to those pieces of my life. And so now with alcohol removed, I'm able to, and it, life is so much better. Um, and it's so hard to explain to people that don't get it. But if you want to try to get it, I always, you know, ask, like, why not just take a 30 day break and see where that leads you? But not just taking a break, but being conscious about the break and really yes. like, a, like my brand, Sober Curious. Um, and not even sober, you don't have to think of sober as alcohol. Um, and this one took me a little bit of time too, because I don't refer to myself as an alcoholic. If somebody wants to call me an alcoholic, that's up to them. <laughs> but for myself, it was, I was just doing what everybody else was doing. So the word sober to me had such a stigma. And yeah. I think now it's not sober. Isn't just alcohol. It's your thoughts. And it's not even alcohol in your thoughts. It's, are you clear? Are you clearly thinking yeah. um, sober minded? And I think biblically, um, there's so much in the word that talks about that too. And now I can 100% say, like, I'm living this life where I can hear, I can hear what I'm saying internally, and I can try my best to hear what other people are telling me to, um, especially the littlest person in my life, my daughter, um, you know, mommy as the best of my ability, I am here for her and I'm fully present, fully connected. Um, and that's too, I, I challenge, I challenge though in a night, in the nicest way, like any mom that may not remember something that's going on with their child. And, and I'm telling you now too, I still forget things because there is a lot going on, but if you're still drinking and you feel like you're not being the best mom, maybe take a 30 day break and see if that helps with your relationship with your kids. Yeah. So, then that's, that's where I'm at now. <laughs> <laughs> and the thing about your journey that's so, um, I think it's really powerful in how you moved little by little by little through it, but you asked yourself those questions throughout of why am I? Like, what is this? And then following those questions down and through. And that's, you know, people hearing that it can give them some, some, not just hope, but a path, a road. Oh, you don't have to just stop and be done. You can stop for a little while, understand you're feeling better. See, you know, maybe at a celebration where alcohol is generally consumed at celebrations. And that's what we tie to celebrations too, is have a beer, like celebrate, have champagne, have, have wine. You might have one or two, but then ask yourself, was it in alignment with what I want? And by alignment, it really is, you know, am I living the way that I want to live or am I living the way that I think that others want me to live or the way that others tell me I should want to live is how I'm trying to live. And it can go so far when you ask yourself those questions. So like hearing how it was, um, you know, the, the breaks and then the ask yourself questions and then the break and ask yourself questions. It, that is a powerful journey that you have been on. And it, it's, 
it sets you up to be able to ask people the questions, well, why not just, why not just try, see what happens? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so shocking because it, I don't know if on your journey you felt this way, but it's the simplest little things, right? Yeah. I would write down an issue that was stuck in my head. And when I worked through it, it was like, really, that is what had me stuck. That is the simplest thought that was just floating around there, keeping me, keeping me in the drinking cycle. Yeah. (laughs) And that's, that is so true that it often is those small things that are going through that when you bring everything down and you can find it in the simplest terms, it's like, dang it, that's been controlling my actions through a lot of my life. Why did Mm -hmm. I let that happen? But it just, things pile on. And I like what you said about alcohol really seeping into your life, right? And like becoming that lubricant. And you mentioned being disconnected from yourself. And really, you know, what I like to try to explain to people is the opposite of addiction is connection, right? Or everybody is searching for that connection. But when we let things into our life that cause a disconnection in us, we have to reconnect with ourselves just as much as we need to connect with other people. And it can be through other people that we find that reconnection with ourselves. But it does help to realize that I'm not living how I want to live, whether that is, you know, the healthy lifestyle Um, rediscovering your relationship with God and your spirituality and religion. And there's so many other ways that you want to live, but are you really doing that? And what did you, what did you find was kind of that moment where you realized I'm not really living how I want to live? You know, when you have a child you're not living the life you want to live. <laughs> you you know, yeah. like you, you know, you have to fit another human into the routine. And so I think when drinking was in that routine, there was a discon dis- there wasn't a connection, right? Like drinking and her weren't weren't going to happen, right? Yeah. Like I couldn't live that life where she saw me as drinking mommy and then she saw me as sober mommy or non-drinking mommy. Like those two people weren't the same people. Yeah. Which sounds completely crazy. (laughs) But um, I think if everybody's honest, that is one of the most honest things that you could say is they, they are not because they're not. Yeah. And so where anybody around me would have been like, I never knew you were drinking that much, right? Because those are the big questions that we get when we first stop drinking. And did I act any different? No, maybe, you know, at least I probably seemed like the same exact me. But internally, you're not, you're not. I'm an overthinker, as we've discussed before, I think way too much about everything. I'm naturally an introvert. Um, 
an introvert in sales, but nonetheless, you know, it alcohol disguised a lot of these pieces of me. So people didn't know, like people maybe didn't realize, oh, I didn't realize that you were, you were an introvert because I do like to go and socialize with people that I like to be around. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like these, it's so incongruent, um, but alcohol made it so that I wasn't thinking, right. I'm not an overthinker mm-hmm. anymore because I'm not thinking at all. Um, and then lowered inhibitions. I can be more social because I'm not overthinking and I'm, and I'm numb to things. Um, so I think it just, it just didn't line up with me because it made me somebody, it made this like facade of a person. Um, and then you get to be mean, right? Like you say things that you might be thinking before, but you had a filter. And so when you put alcohol in there and then when you surround yourself with everybody else that's drinking alcohol too, it becomes okay to be mean. Yeah. Um, And that's not okay, especially when you're raising your child and you're teaching them to be a kind human. How can I be an example to her if I am not living that way? So it's just amazing to be in this space now because I know that I can truly tell her what, not what to do, but I can guide her to be the best little human she can be in order to be an amazing adult and friend and parent one day herself. And I can, I'm authentic Mm -hmm. and doing it myself. So, um, you know, you hear the word authenticity all the time. And even like my corporate um, mission is part of it is authenticity. And it's like, how can you be truly authentic if you have this drink, you know, in your life, even if it's just on the weekends, you know, it's doing something to your body. Yeah. And like you said earlier of how it lowers your inhibitions and makes you, you know, more, um, willing, less of an introvert, things like that. Well, it's changing and it's turning things off in your brain. So how are you showing up as yourself if your brain isn't fully there? And like, that's, that's the thing that I've come to realize too, is, you know, there's pieces of everyone where you can't be 100% on all the time. There's parts where you need the coping skills and the tools that you talked about earlier to be able to move through life and navigate your emotions and um, just navigate the stresses of life. And when you turn those pieces off in your brain, you're not navigating those stresses. You're actually letting them pile up. And that's when you realize that it's like, Oh, people think that that's me. But that wasn't the full me because I didn't realize it, was, it wasn't the full me. So how is it? How am I supposed to be authentic? So now they see this, they're like, you know, you're you're changed. You're not the same person. What do you, you know? Um, and they don't understand it, but it's like, well, it's because this is actually this is actually me. This is me authentically. Uh, you know, everything is on, and like this is actually me. So now I'm going to show up, and. Take me or leave me. Well, I'm accepted. Mm-hmm. And 
also as a parent, you're setting the example for your daughter that you don't even have to say anything. She's watching you. And now you're acting in alignment with your values and being authentically you. I've noticed that with my kids, it's not everything that you say is what you do. And they will pick that up just as quickly mm-hmm. as the things you say sometimes faster. So it makes a lot of sense why that is so important to you too. Yeah. And it's so, it's so awesome because now I'm in tune to what she's seeing and what the things that she notices. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. I'm so grateful to be where I am in my journey. Um, because once you go on the journey of removing alcohol too, and if you're really making a conscious effort to be free from alcohol and not just taking a break or, um, I have zero, zero desire that the only way I can describe it is like cigarettes have never been appealing to me. Never. Like I had mentioned before, my aunts drank, they smoked. I would go babysit for them. And this cigarette smoke was Mm. just overbearing. And I was like, this, like it had never, um, you know, that habit has luckily never been on my radar but now alcohol is, that's how I feel. Um, and of course I don't have the judgment towards it, but you know, at this rate, like alcohol, I feel like if I drink it, I, I can't, I literally can't like, so once you get to that point where it's like, there's not an option, like I'm going to a concert this evening with a bunch of girlfriends that still drink, which is perfectly fine with me. and. I was in being the introvert that I am, I thought maybe I won't go. Maybe I won't. So like, I'm already like being myself, right? Like, Oh, I don't know if I want to go because I have to be social. I have to go out and, um, but nothing to do with them drinking. But then part of me, was like, what if I drank? And literally the second I thought that I was like, you would vomit (laughs) because (laughs) I think at this point, what I know about what alcohol does to the body and there's no desire. I don't need it to fit in. I don't need it to feel comfortable. Um, once you get there, you learn so much about how your brain works and what your um, what your needs might be in order to feel safe mm. and to feel connected to people that you can grow in a completely different way. Um, so it's not even just about the journey of removing alcohol. It's how can you make your life better? Um, And how can you move forward in your life and grow? And that's the gift that, um, I don't know if you're leading into this at all or if I'm jumping the gun, but that's what I wanted to do as a coach was share the moments after alcohol, like the growth of this journey. So the gift of removing alcohol and having the ability to pave your way and to grow post-alcohol, that's what like I want everybody to have um, because that's where the magic happens, right? It's, yeah. it can be really, it can be really tough, even from a non-alcoholic, you know, like it took, it took a little bit to get past the last stages of freedom. I was alcohol free, but I wasn't necessarily free from wanting a drink. Um yeah. Like you mentioned before, celebration. So 
My husband won a President's Club trip in that sober, curious time. And they came around with the um, champagne and it was like, oh, okay, I'll have a sip. And I didn't want it. So I was okay not drinking, but I, but something about it, I still was like, let me have that. I'll just have a sip. Whereas moving forward, I won my president's club trip the next year. They came around with the champagne and I was, nope, don't drink. I'm good. Confident, not a care in the world, no pressure. And this was, this is my whole company. And I'm like, I don't care what they ask me. I'm, yeah. I can tell them a hundred reasons why I don't drink. You know what? I just don't like it. It doesn't make me a better person. Um, you can say, and the thing is, people ask, what What do you say? You get to a point that is hard at the beginning, but now I'm at a point, I, I could say 50 different things and it's all true. Um, and I have no, you know, you're, if you want to tell me why, if you have a good reason, I like want to be sold. Like, tell me, what should I drink for? Tell me, <laughs> tell me why. Because yeah. I bet you I'll be, I'll be cool with saying, nah, still I'm good. So like that freedom that I have now, it's just crazy. Cause I would have never guessed. I would, I was the one that, oh, their life must be miserable if they don't drink. <laughs> oh yeah. But, but that it's was not. Me too. Yeah. And I think that's, yeah. That's that fear that comes from, this is all I know. This is all people have told me this is what being an adult is, what the rituals are, right? Of we're celebrating, we're going to have some champagne. We're celebrating, you know, there's going to be a keg of beer there. Uh, we're celebrating. So now you have all new rituals and things that you have to redefine for yourself, but you don't know what that looks like at the start because you've not seen it. And that's starting to change now, but that is, it's scary when all of a sudden you're doing something and it's, well, what, how do I do this? I've never seen or experienced something like this. Like it's something you haven't experienced, but you've seen it. But if you haven't experienced and you haven't seen it, that is when things get uh, to the point of, I don't think I can do this. And that's where it's, well, what is it, like you said, what is it you're really gaining? What is it? Why do you want to do it? Sell me. Like, and if you t ask yourself mm -hmm. to sell yourself, if you're probably not going to, if you're honest with yourself. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because I'm like, I want, I mean, with everything in life, all the controversial, everything, I'm always like, tell me, tell me what, what are your thoughts on that? So it's like, I want to hear I want to learn, right? Like, I want to know why yeah. you think the way you do, because goodness, I, I, maybe I should think that way too. Um, but I, I mean, that's, you know, that's one thing. It's just, if you can keep the curiosity mm -hmm. in this journey, I think that's where the gold is, right? Like that's where Absolutely. you open up the space to do something different. Yeah. And seeing that other perspective. You know, is this, do I have a blind spot? Do mm -hmm. it, you know, shine, shine the light on it for me if I do. And when you can be open to having blind spots, being open to possibly being wrong, life becomes more, I wonder what I get to discover today 
and less, oh, I don't get to do that today. Well, I guess I don't know what I'm going to do now. Yeah. That's, that's when life gets fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's so cool. And then getting to be non-defensive. So I think that a lot of mm. a lot of me and my energy and my personality was so defensive when I was drinking. Um, but once the alcohol was removed and my thoughts, I just became curious about all my thoughts and about everything I do. I'm able to ask people questions that are direct and come up, you know, that are sincere now, whereas before the energy behind questioning, even in a work environment may have come across as threatening. Um, So I think that, you know, like I said, the magic is as you go through this journey, you grow so much. Yeah. And uh, with that, you're talking about really, you know, being able to see your emotions and like taking the thoughts and finding the seed in there and following, you know, that kernel of truth. What is it trying to tell me? What -hmm. have you found has been the most effective way for you to find that kernel of truth, find that little seed that's in there, that's in the bully, that's in the, um, you know, that ruminating thought that you keep having. So it's something that's very common (laughs) and it's journaling, um, but I refer to as a brain dump. So literally do a complete brain dump. Everything until you can stop writing, just keep writing. Um, And the more you do it, the less builds up. Um, Even, you know, we're always, getting thoughts and collecting things, you know, I'm a little thought hoarder in my head and the days that, you know, I if I that. go, I thought yeah, hoarder. I'm a thought hoarder it, and if I don't journal like over a, a long amount of time, that's when it's like, I'm losing it. <laughs> so it's like the more consistent you are with that habit, the, the less junk, the less, thoughts you have in your going on in your brain but we all get busy right and it happens we run out of time if you're a parent you you end up not being the number one person in your life because you're doing everything else for everyone else yeah so you know take that 10 minutes take that you know take that time and have a good old brain dump and just word vomit on the on the paper everything that's in there and then once I do that, usually it's like, oh, like we mentioned before, it's something so minute, so little. Um, because why did I have that drink at the celebration? Oh, I didn't want, I didn't want his coworkers to be looking at me, wondering why I didn't drink. Um, stupid. <laughs> what do I care about these people, right? Um, yeah. And then, so, but then it's like, oh, but wait, no, you're protecting him. You don't want him to have to defend you. Again, they can come to me or, you know what, he can just say, she doesn't feel like it right now. Um, And and that, you know, I hear that all the time. What if your husband doesn't drink? What if your spouse doesn't drink? And that is a challenge, right? Um, But it became something that we could work on together. And it's like, 
whatever he wants to say, I don't even care. He can say at the beginning it was, oh, she does this thing every once in a while where she doesn't drink. <laughs> and then now it's, oh, she doesn't drink. But I think as my journey grew and my confidence grew, my husband's did too. Um, but that could be a whole nother podcast, <laughs> how that all works out. <laughs> but um, but yeah, just remembering as we go through our coaching clients too. It's this is your journey. So don't don't put your expectation of yourself on someone else. You know, focus on what you're doing. But mm. um the journaling, um, that's that's where it all comes together for me. And I'm a good old paper and pen kind of gal. So really writing it out and seeing it visually. Um yep. And then the other key thing is I think coaching. Um when you are either putting the words on the paper or verbally saying them to somebody, even so if you can't afford a coach, because I know money is tight for a lot of people, even just sitting in a room by yourself, saying your thoughts out loud, yeah, you're going to have a little clarity. Um, but having that coach to listen can bring up things that you're telling yourself that possibly maybe might not be true. And then that's where you get to work on your thoughts. Absolutely. And that's something I do the same thing. So I journal um, and it's been really important for me. And if you, a year ago, a little bit over a year ago, I would have been like, no, I'm not journaling. I'm never going to journal. And now it's an everyday practice. And when I don't journal, because sometimes life gets hectic, you know, it might be three days, four days in between. I realize it because I have everything up here and I'm not journaling in a way that is effective for me sometimes too, where sometimes I'm writing stuff down, but I'm not writing, I'm writing stuff down that I think I should want to write down. I'm not writing down what's actually inside mm. that's bouncing around constantly and actually being yes, honest because you're myself, a perfectionist. Right? So you're like thinking I need to write it in this way yeah I get there too so it's just I mean you have to have a disgusting piece of paper and just know this is this is a mess I just need to get the mess out the thought absolutely dump, literally yep. dumping it <laughs> absolutely and that's sometimes I will you know something with journaling too I'll do a voice memo while I'm on a walk or something and I'll just or if I'm driving I'll just talk into my phone like talking to myself. And sometimes, you know, I'll turn that, take that phone and the video and turn it around, just talk to myself for like five or six minutes and seeing myself do that. And it can allow you to notice things about yourself, work through some stuff that you didn't realize you wanted to work through, but you actually did. And yeah, the, the way that you can, and like you said, with coaching, get that other perspective of, well, you know, is this something that is true or is this a story that you've made up about the situation? And if it's true, what part of it is true? Mm -hmm. Which part is a fact? Or are you making it a, to, into a truth? Because you're adding these events, you're making them related, but they're not related, right? Mm -hmm. And that, how that can stack up to like the, the coaching and then, you know, the investing in yourself piece, uh, changing people's mm -hmm. perspectives on that, because we don't, 
we often, like you said, we put other people first. And when we look at hiring a coach, sometimes when we look at um, a mentor, uh, a group, joining a group to kind of like learn new things, we look at it as um, kind of like a luxury, but really you're investing in yourself so that you can be better for your kids, for um, yourself to make this the life right now more that you want to live compared to how somebody else wants you to live. I think it's important to have that understanding too. Yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible. And I mean, if you're thinking about changing your relationship with alcohol, I mean, I just, you're not going to regret it. Um, And what's the most you're going to lose? 30 days? Like, if you just believe in yourself and if you want to invest in yourself and find a way to grow or challenge yourself, if you feel like you've been stuck in life or um, just stagnant, um, I think that's what it came down to. I was like, things aren't, yeah, Mm. it was the fog. Things aren't growing. Um, But I mean, and I was investing other things too. I was going to a functional medicine doctor. I was, um, you know, doing the gym, doing, you invest in all these things, but removing alcohol can be free. And then you find, okay, I was spending that much on alcohol. Let me invest in a coach or this tool. So you find that the money shifts to different places. Yeah. And as you said, this journey has helped you even in your job, even. So mm-hmm. if it can help you in your career, if it can help you it with your relationships, with your spouse, with um, in all aspects, how much is that really worth? And especially like your career, which can pay you back when all of a sudden you can be less defensive and more open and people are willing to work with you more. Oh, you get promoted, you get a raise, you get other things. You see that financial benefit come in too. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. It's amazing. So yeah, if any of your listeners are out there thinking about it, I just, I encourage you. What, what do you, what do you have to lose? And if it is hard, there are, there is tons of support. Um, And it's okay if you take a break for a day and then go back a day, like that's the beauty of it. Like you, you have another day, God willing. So (laughs) And that's, that's where it's important too, as you said, at the start that we talked about is just, it's okay. If you still drink, just ask yourself the questions instead of being like, I can't believe I drank. Why would I do that? That isn't what I want. Like ask yourself, well, why did I drink? Why, Mm -hmm. what was I looking for? And did I get it? Mm -hmm. What's the reason that I think alcohol needs to be consumed right and that's something that is so powerful when it comes that's like the most powerful thing about it i think um when we get down to it is asking those questions yeah and that's so cool hearing from clients and hearing from you know other friends that have gone through to those times that it's like oh i drink um yeah, at a football game because I just felt like it it was a good environment. I just felt like a nice cold beer was part of the scene. 
but then you question it and you're like, well, why did I do that? Did I need it? No, water would have been way better. You know, hearing those stories from other people, it's, mm-hmm. it's the coolest thing when the light bulbs go off. It, yeah, it really is. And you can see people starting to make that progress, that little step, little step, little step. And it's, oh, you're about to, you're about to have this breakthrough. And I'm excited when that breakthrough comes and you're going to mm-hmm. come in and be like, you will not believe, I can't believe I've been doing this. Like, what was I thinking? Why didn't somebody tell me? <laughs> yeah. It's so, it's so much fun. It's awesome. Um, Heather, as we're winding down, what is the best way for people to get in touch with you, uh, stay involved with your journey, be able to keep up? Yeah. So at Sober Curious Mom Life on Instagram. And if you want a little bit more detail about me, my website is the same, www.SoberCuriousMomLife.com. Perfect. This has been a really wonderful episode. And it's really great to hear how you really are like this sober curious to get to your freedom from alcohol. And that's, it's good for people to hear that because not, you don't have to, you know, your life being in the shitter to make a choice that's healthy for you. That is, you know, questioning, why am I actually doing this? Do I even like it? And that is, that is so powerful. I want thank you so much yeah. for coming on and sharing. Your yeah. Story. And RJ, I, you know, if, if there are listeners out there that everybody else in your group drinks and you just think it, you aren't sure about it, you know, that's somebody that I want to be friends with. Right. So follow me because it's okay to be the only one in your group. Yeah. Even if you're, you know, if you're, if you're like me and you're not an alcoholic, but you you just don't connect with drinking anymore. That's Absolutely. the, that's the person. Yeah. And you're talking to a grown man who has a, you know, blow up unicorn in the background of his office. So be the only did one. We name, did we name the unicorn yet? Yeah. Woo Woo Express. Oh, oh yeah. So we named it Woo Woo Express. Okay. Yeah, that is, that is her name. <laughs> Woo Woo Express. <laughs> the mighty oh, steed. <laughs> that's awesome. You're the so, best RJ. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate you being here. Thank you. So um, everyone, let's try to be better tomorrow than we were today. At least we don't make it. We tried. Have a great week, everybody. I love you.